Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the June 30th episode of Poets and Muses. We chat with poets about their inspirations. I'm your host, Imogen Arate. You can follow us on our Poets and Muses website or on social media at SoundCloud, Instagram, as well as Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter either at the bottom of our Poets and Muses website or the upper right-hand side of our Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. With us today is Eduardo Arce, with whom I will be discussing his poem, Awkward-like, and my poem, Next. Before we do that, however, I'm going to go over all the poetry events taking place in the Valley during the week of July 1st. On Tuesday, July 2nd, from 6 to 8 p.m., Connect and Heal will be hosting its weekly poetry writing workshop at the Chandler Community Center, which is at 125 East Commonwealth Avenue in Chandler. From 7 to 9 p.m., OME and Film Bar Phoenix will be hosting its Phoenix Poetry Orchestra featuring Rashad Thomas, taking place at Film Bar Phoenix at 815 North 2nd Street in Phoenix. From 8 to 11 p.m., King Kong is hosting his weekly The Underground Experience at 2601 on Central, which is at 2601 North Central Avenue in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 7.30 p.m. On Wednesday, July 3rd, from 7.30 to 9 p.m., Lacuna Cava Bar will be having its weekly open mic night on site at 831 North 3rd Street in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 7 p.m. On Thursday, July 4th, from 7 to 9 p.m., Long Known Publishing will be hosting its weekly Phoenix Poetry Slam at The Lost Leaf, which is at 914 North 5th Street in Phoenix. Make sure to get there by 7.50 p.m. to participate. From 8 to 11 p.m., Quinton Oni will be hosting his weekly open mic at Joba Coffee and Bar at 333 East Roosevelt Street in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 7.30 p.m. On Friday, July 5th, from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m., Rosemary Dombrowski will be hosting her first Friday poetry on Roosevelt Row on the back porch of Local First Arizona, which is 407 East Roosevelt Street in Phoenix. On Saturday, July 6th, from 7 to 9.30 p.m., Daughter of Zen will be hosting her first Saturday open mic at the Black Cat Coffee House at 4730 East Indian School Road, Suite 120 in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 7 p.m. And now let us turn to our poet guest of the week, Eduardo Arce. Hi, Eduardo. Thank you very much for coming on to Poets and Muses. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to do this with you. Yeah, me too. So please tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a high school teacher right now. I dedicate myself to teaching English. That's something that's been with me since I was in high school, something Mm. that I wanted to turn into a career as well. Just as far as personal life goes, I'm married and have a dog and you know, it, it's it's hard to talk about myself. I never really prepare for something like that. Yeah. I always feel a little bit vain. Worries. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm a pretty relaxed person. We love going out to camp. Love going just to the local bar and hanging out. I think I'm I'm pretty down to earth. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix is a good scene for you. Right? Phoenix is a, is a pretty good scene for me. It's a big city, so it's got everything that I need. Yep. It's easy to navigate. Everything's gridded out, so it's it's pretty good. Cool, cool. And how did you come to write poetry? I think a lot of that started in high school. And I think before starting in poetry, I worked a lot with trying to write lyrics. In high school and in college, I was just deeply, deeply into playing music and writing music and putting all that stuff together. But it soon came to my attention that I was focusing more on the lyrics and the poetic aspect versus mm. the musical aspect. I realized right. that I didn't really have that much talent for the music, so I just really <laughs> stuck with the words okay. and narrowed it down to there. And I, I've been uh, writing poetry ever since high school, on and off. But yeah, yeah. great, yeah. Okay, wonderful. So you brought your poem "Awkward Like." Yes. <laughs> Would you like to read that for us before we dive into it? Absolutely, great. absolutely. This is awkward like. 
big night for the both of us. I mean, it's not big, big, but it is a little above average. It's our first time. I've been studying Pornhub documentaries in twilight hours to learn what sex is really like. Baby, I want to treat you right. Research dictates fellatio comes first, so you suck my cock, and it's awkward, like, saying cock into a mic in front of decent people. <laughs> but you're a go-getter and feel enthused, so you smile and show your teeth. You show a lot of teeth. Boy, that's a lot of teeth. <laughs> so we change what we're doing, and I go down on you. I was raised with manners, after all, though I feel a bit like Indiana Jones, searching for some mythic artifact, the Raider of the Lost Clip. Now we've waited long enough. We make love for the first time, and baby, it's like poetry. Difficult to understand, but we don't want to look dumb, so we say things like, wow, that was really good, and yeah, I liked that a lot. We finish with 33 minutes left to spare, and I want to fill you like a metaphor for time, but I hear a little girl crying and realize the sobs are just mine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Wow, that was really good. <laughs> Thank you so much. Honestly, it means a lot. <laughs> was it good? I don't know. Ask the ask the characters. I think they would disagree. <laughs> oh, it was such a treat. Um, the first time I heard you read that at Elwyn House, and it was for the erotic. Festivus. Yes. And now also hearing you again reading this, <laughs> it doesn't really lose its charm. You it on the second hearing. It's great. Good. Did you write this as you talk about the mic? Did you write this specifically for that? Yeah, you know, and I'm glad you uh, mentioned that you're talking about uh, saying cock into the mic, right? Yes. Yes, yes. So that's actually the very first line that I wrote for the poem. I wanted to approach this. I'd done the, the Alwyn House Erotic Festival the previous year, okay. but I did something a lot more serious. Mm -hmm. And so this year, I really wanted to just take a shift, go the opposite direction. I love, love, love making people laugh. So I was just showering one morning thinking about what I could write about, and I thought about, you know, awkward first-time sexual experiences. Mm -hmm and maybe just trying to come up with a few punchlines, so to speak, for, mm -hmm. for the audience. And the first thing that I came up with was, you suck my dick, and it's awkward, like saying dick into a mic mm -hmm. in front of people. But then I thought, let's make it just a little bit more awkward and say <laughs> cock instead. <laughs> <laughs> and so it all kind of started from there and uh, branched out to kind of this idea about awkward first-time experiences, also really pushed by misconceptions that we might get from stuff mm -hmm. like that yeah 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 i'm glad you talked about that because when you said for a documentary <laughs> without quotes no less. Yeah. And yeah it's really great that you brought that up because not to make it turn complete into a downer just right now i recently heard a talk i forget the name of the author but she had been assaulted mm -hmm. and she just came out with a book called shout and it's a sort of a memoir but in okay. poetic form Okay. And during the talk, she was saying how because of all this awkwardness surrounding sex and sex education, of the lack of sex education, both formal and informal, that a lot of teenagers are going to something like a free porn hub site right. to look at how quote-unquote sex is being done. And, right. And unfortunately, because a lot of it is non-consensual, what they're learning is obviously it's bad both for themselves, for their future, as well as for their partner. Right. Yeah, and I think that's something that's that's pretty important to me. I think it's something that, unfortunately, I don't want to typecast and just say it's it's boys because mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure girls oh, yeah, do this yeah. too. But you're right. This lack of access to that sex education, well. Kids are curious anyways. They're right. going to try to find the answers somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And, and what hormones easier, are raging. Right, hormones are raging. Not only do you want to find these answers, you almost need to find mm -hmm. these answers mm -hmm. as an as a, as a exactly. adolescent growing up. And so I do think that, well, there might be a, a place for viewing pornography in your developmental years, if that's what you're using as your guidebook to right. sex, it's going to totally just wreck what, what sex can and, and might, yeah. might be, should be. 
Yeah. Yesterday I was talking with somebody about a completely different subject, which mm-hmm. was religion and the mysticism in mm-hmm. religion. And we happened to be talking about Kabbalah, and the poet is Jewish. And he was saying how, in terms of Judaism, the learned scholars, especially Orthodox, say that you really have to understand the basics before you go into mysticism like Kabbalah. Right. And I feel like, please don't misunderstand this, listeners. <laughs> I feel like Corn Hub is sort of like that mysticism right. to what sex is right and without understanding what sex is and also the basics of consensual sex to go straight into Pornhub it's basically totally misunderstanding of what it can be what wonderful fun sex can be when it's done right right yeah Um, and I think that's where this narrator is coming from as well that I have the line research dictates fellatio comes first because whenever you see a porno the girl starts by sucking the guy's dick like that's the formula every single time Exactly. So I'm surprised you had conolingus in there because <laughs> unless it's a the fetish of right. going down on women, you don't necessarily see that as a step toward... Right. Yeah, whatever the <laughs> Pornhub thing is. Yeah, I agree too. It almost seemed like it was really one-sided, and especially with the conolingus line, I had to rewrite a couple of times because <laughs> the first thing is she's sucking his dick and that's not really working and she's using a lot of teeth and that's not really working <laughs> so this uh, i mean at this point the male hasn't really misperformed in, in, in any sense you know yes. and it's it is about maybe the mis- misconceptions that Pornhub or other pornographies can give you but it's also just about the innocence and the awkwardness of the first time that you're with a partner Mm-hmm. The first time that you do it, period. Mm-hmm. And oral is so tricky to nail down, I think, for both yes. parties. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no way he can come out knowing how to do it right, especially not the first time. No, no, it's total exploration, as yeah. you said, and it's not like a learned Indiana Jones. It's like <laughs> Indiana Jones before he was known as Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> you know? All the unglorious, yeah. difficult stuff. <laughs> All the things he had to survive before he became Dr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can aspire, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all do, right? right? Because we all want to reach that satisfaction point. We all want to minimize the grazing of teeth. <laughs> you know, the scarring, both mental and physical. Yes, yes. So was this an actual a comical take on your first experience? Was it autobiographical? I think it's a comical take on several experiences, <laughs> okay. right? When I was at Alwyn House, I opened up with a joke that, you know, the first time that I had sex, I wasn't good at it mm-hmm. the second time I wasn't good at it either <laughs> you know, I, hadn't, I hadn't learned from one time to the other so there's different pieces of all sorts of these beginning sexual experiences mm-hmm. yeah. and where it's gone wrong personally autobiographically mm-hmm. and then just all, a lot of the other pitfalls that people might kind yeah. of fall into just because I, I don't think I'm alone in, no. <laughs> in experiencing all of this but this is honestly like, I end it with 33 minutes left to spare. Um, <laughs> and that's that's honestly the case. With I, I don't think I could have even gotten through half of this the first time I had sex, right? <laughs> right, which makes it so difficult to actually learn from that. Story. It's like, yeah. oh, done. Oops. You got you to gotta have a couple of goes at it before you can before you can have any techniques or anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm glad you brought up that 33 minutes. This is great. You're anticipating my question. Oh, wow. Thank okay, you. good, good. So, yeah, when I read that, we finished with 33 minutes left to spare. I was just like, wait, he had a he had an appointment? I don't understand this. So, again, that kind of comes from that Pornhub line. Because mm-hmm. anytime you pull up a porno, it'll be exaggeratedly long, especially for like yeah. a first timer or like right. a, somebody who's budding in their sexuality. Mm-hmm. You have pornos that are like 30, 40 hour long, an hour 20 long. Right, and you're right, just like, right. how can you film and go for that long? <laughs> and so when the first, you fluffers. know, the, yeah, fluffers, <laughs> cuts, lots of editing. Yeah. And you know, that's behind the scenes. You don't see that. On exactly. That. <laughs> and incredibly talented people. I mean, people don't realize, and I do not speak this from experience, but <laughs> right. I do know from research that, <laughs> I mean, really, it is a certain talent and certain segments of the population who can actually last that long, who has that sort of self-control. And there are certain people who don't 
need to ejaculate until much later. Right, that, that can hold that. Um, yeah, and it depends on human biology as well. And that so many quirk of nature. Yeah. Even just how you're feeling that day, right? Yeah, are you yeah. tired or are you high wired? And so I think for the narrator, and again, myself, or other boys in this predicament, you have that expectation of, I've got to last for forever. Yeah. I've got to ride this out for yeah. such a long time. And then you come after the first three pumps, and you're like, well, fuck, well, what do I do with the rest of the time? <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, no, oh, my God. And then it's a lot of apologies and self-incrimination. Yeah, <laughs> just like, ah, this doesn't usually happen. It's your first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you say that anyway. You're right. You say yeah, that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. You beat yourself up for it too, so that you know. That's why I ended up like I hear a little girl crying. It's just me. <laughs> you you get these ideas from all the films and the internet that it's just this big, glorious, just mm-hmm. changes your life event, and that right, it's always right, right. beautiful, and that. You kind of roll off and you're glowing and, and you took all that time and both of you guys came together. And I don't know what porn hub you're watching. I, mean, I need to get that well, URL. Right? Films as well. I'll send you <laughs> yeah. some links. Yes, yes please. Because I... <laughs> but there are those expectations and you're never going to meet those expectations on your first go. So difficult. Yeah. 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 And really, we're so lacking in that educational Aspects and uh, you can't even well formally there's just such a taboo in talking about right. sex sexuality sexual preferences yeah and it's so important in terms of what we're doing reproductively not just for fun <laughs> I mean if there is I've heard that if there is you know education it's been a while for me so, <laughs> um, if there is formal education it's all about more biological rather than forget pleasure pleasure is like right, you know, this is how you make babies basically yeah. yeah and and it's troubling because we are one of those species who do have sex for pleasure mm-hmm. and, and as a social bonding experience in right. some ways we're not quite bonables but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. in between <laughs> I love that yeah <laughs> No, and I, I agree. I, I think it's really a shame, and especially here in the state of Arizona, the sexual education laws are really, really tight-fisted. Mm-hmm. But like you said, even in more liberal states where there is a sex education, it is a biological thing. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame. I think people need somebody that they can ask questions mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. somebody that they can discuss things, somebody knowledgeable. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, you know, you have a bunch of teenage boys trying to bounce ideas off each other, and they've all been looking at the same sources as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but what you said just now just reminded me of Monty Python's The Meaning of Life, where oh, there was a part where that. he okay. demonstrates, I think it was Meaning of Life, where he demonstrates how to have sex with a bunch of high schoolers <laughs> with his wife. And they, they actually copulate in front of, I mean honestly even that is better than what we're offering at this moment right right it's, yeah I mean to a degree for sure because <laughs> you know you're curious and there's a lot of changes there's a lot of just pull that comes from inside of you to to figure it out but there isn't an outlet yet I don't think there yeah. is a space or a safe space that you can go figure it out yeah yeah and it's a shame because when it's done right, it could be so amazing for all the parties involved. Right, right. Yeah. Especially for, yeah, yeah, especially when it's done right, all parties involved you get to enjoy it. But when you're starting out and when you're getting your, all your information from <laughs> less than professional sources, you're going to have some misconceptions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, I don't know, I guess somebody could argue might be part of the fun. Right, I mean, maybe, you know, yeah, it is yeah, kind yeah. of a rite of passage, sort of, to mm-hmm. to fumble it a couple of times. Yeah, but, but I think even if you had a step-by-step manual, you'll still fumble, just right. because there's a gap in translation between instruction and actual yeah. practice, yeah. right? Also, because you're a high school teacher, I'm sure you've seen this, you've heard this probably from your students. Again, going back to the fact that free tends to be non-consensual based and that's very problematic because it could translate to a lifetime of trauma for and not just girls but also boys it's not like unwanted touching only goes one way right and in so many ways 
unwanted touching that's being done to boys tends to be minimized because there's the stereotype that all men want sex and therefore right. that it's okay. Right, right. yeah. And also with, with pornography, like you, you mentioned, it, it's very one-sided. It's not necessarily rapey, but it seems like sex with porn is something that you do to women instead mm. of with, with yeah, women. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of frustrating because my friend was telling me is about a certain kinds of porn or certain sexual acts that he enjoyed, and he was trying to demonstrate by showing it to me. Yeah. And and I was watching. I was like, well, she's not even there. It's right. Like, it's yeah. like she could just be one of those robotic dolls that they're making nowadays. <laughs> you know, it didn't matter what she felt like. Mm-hmm. It was just what they were doing to her. Things right. like that. So I'm just like, what's the point? Yeah. I can understand for somebody who has no experience whatsoever mm-hmm. and whose hormones are totally raging, be like, oh yeah, this is something I'm seeing some a lot of nudity here. Right. You know, this is you know, it's a mental stimulation. Yes, yeah, absolutely. More than anything, at a certain point, hopefully you end up growing out of it and start kind of connecting the dots. But it's true. I mean, you get to a point where you see some of the actresses with miles away. They Mm. wouldn't want to be there. It's just kind of maybe another day on the job, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to think of porn being something like a, I don't know, something so administrative. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's just like stapling paper. And then, and then even, but we we use it as such a resource as well. You know, there's so many yeah. flaws to it. And again, uh, for any listener who's who's a fan of porn, they, that's not necessarily saying that porn is bad or that there's no. uh, that it's it's bad to see it. But it is definitely just super crucial to to separate it to be able to yeah. understand it as a fiction. Yeah. You wouldn't look at Captain America and think, well, maybe I can shoot some steroids into me and save the world, right? That's just what <laughs> yeah. I saw it in a movie. Yeah. That's how it yeah. works. And it's <laughs> exactly. the same thing with porno. It's the action of sex, like mm-hmm. the action scenes, the action movies is mm-hmm. of sex. Mm-hmm. Just to plug porn a little bit, I mean, this is the only industry that I know of where women get paid more than men. So. <laughs> I mean, from that perspective, it's good to look upon that and say, well, that's a model that we probably should make yeah. more widespread. But <laughs> yeah. not necessarily... And it's also sad from the other perspective that this is the only industry where women make more money than men. Right. Where women are being objectified and women are being treated as pieces of meat. Right. And in the back end, it's not necessarily like that because women become directors, they're writers, they're actually creatives, and they do a lot of production. So again, it offers a lot more wider roles than your average entertainment industry. Right. And I think there's there's an evolution right now. I think there's a bit of a movement with porn, that, like you mentioned, with the female directors, the female writers, mm-hmm. making sure that there's kind of like humane treatment on the set and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But a lot of the times when you're looking for that high-quality produced porn, it's, it's paid porn, right? Yeah, exactly. you got to get behind the paywall. So what, right. what's the free stuff? Yeah. The and free stuff is the free stuff. Exactly. And when you're talking about teenagers, especially most teenagers, they just don't have the kind of money to be spending on well-produced female center <laughs> porn, <laughs> right. you know? And then you end up with, again, back to the same free amateur stuff that mm-hmm. don't necessarily have the both mental and physical health right. standards. Right, right. I did try to... We're obviously carrying on a lot of really serious topics about like the psychological <laughs> effects and yeah. stuff. But I do want to keep a little bit more of an innocent tone on it as well, just to keep it friendly. Because again, my intention with this isn't to like cause porn destroying us, you know? It's no. kind of like, let's come in, let's laugh at ourselves because everybody's used too much teeth. Everybody's <laughs> come too quickly or not come at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I really appreciate you talking about this because the seriousness, especially now that you've explained it, you've talked about how you thought about these things, and these are elements that are not in by accident, but 
that you put them in and then juxtapose those serious topics with the funnier lines where the Jeep, as you said, come in, <laughs> where the Indiana Jones comes yeah. and the explorer trying to find his way and like into expertise come in. So yeah, I mean that that is very much reflecting on the sexual experience in life, isn't it? Because it's sometimes serious and sometimes funny, and you have to be willing to laugh at yourself, even in the midst of having sex. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you have to be able to just say, oopsie, this yeah, happened. Especially in the midst of having bad sex, <laughs> yes. right? I yes. mean, your, yeah. your body makes weird noises, your body, oh, yeah. yeah, so yeah. you got to be able to approach this with a little bit of a light heart as well. Yeah, yeah, skin on skin. It's, it's, it offers some <laughs> very interesting, <laughs> interesting experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, especially and in this heat. Especially <laughs> in this heat. Oh, my God. All the, all the sweat and only about 50% of it is from what I, you're actually doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other things is just like, oh, I moved two centimeters from where I was, basically. And I don't know. Do people just stop having sex in the middle of summer? I feel you just, like that's the have a You got to have a Gatorade nearby. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta get those electrolytes. Oh my god! So it's it's part porn, part tailgating. Yeah, part part tailgating. Hey, well, you know, if we're tailgating, let's have a couple beers there too. <laughs> well. You take you take a commercial break. Yeah, take a commercial break, refresh, and then jump back into it. <laughs> well, it's funny because the poem I chose also mentions Pornhub. I know. Besides that, it's also about a sexual experience, though it's a later experience rather than an earlier experience. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read mine now. We can talk about that. Absolutely. It's called Next Sex. Menage a trois, a four or more sum. It's a group activity. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who are you calling a whore? I've seen your Pornhub history. You've been around, really, wasting ejaculate and so many girls' time. If I take pants off, you better be amazing. I mean, no pressure. Let's start with basics, like learning to walk before ramming each hole. Conolingos is easier said than done right. I got cuts to show. Save your bragging for after the demonstration. Words don't deliver. Take a dive below, explore all the crevices, Prompt inundation into SM? Go ahead, lash my cavern with your stroking tongue. I'll bite my lips to withstand the torture, though suckling you can smooth. Slower, but don't stop. Let my hips and words guide you to culmination. No, we're not done yet. That was just one of many climbs to reach higher. If ever there was a reason for ambition, aim for multiple. If you don't get off on her satisfaction, uh, you're missing the point. There's a second act related to intercourse. No, not anal. What? Why do I bother? Get the fuck out of my bed. Look up clitoris. <laughs> that was phenomenal. First of all, uh, the haiku style of killing it. I know maybe it's a little <laughs> bit difficult to hear that coming through in the audio, but every stanza that she's done is in this perfect little haiku, uh, and it just stands out and groups itself in just the best way. <laughs> and even your first stanza, the sex menage a trois, for a moresome, it's a group activity, like, hooked me immediately, <laughs> right? Menage a trois, for moresome, it just, it sounds good on the tongue, like, mm -hmm. it just rolls off in a, in a really good way, but it's also really cheeky, like, it's really yeah. clever with the group activity as well. <laughs> I really liked, it almost seemed like two sides of the same coin with mm -hmm. frustrating sexual experiences. You oh, mentioned yeah. that yours is definitely a lot later in, in your sexual history mm -hmm. or timeline, but they both related in such a good way, and I, I can totally see why you picked it. We both mentioned the Pornhub, and even oh, in yeah. the second stanza, <laughs> it, it's, it was in, in the same location. Yeah, so I should you can, get Pornhub to totally sponsor we this. Got, yeah, we got to get Pornhub to sponsor this. <laughs> Just ignore all the negative things we said about free pornography. No, no, no. But that's exactly why they should sponsor, because we want people to access their paid content. We're so considerate. Yeah, that's it's to make you money, Pornhub. <laughs> so we know you're listening out there. Um, 
<laughs> Send us free shirts, too. <laughs> we both talk about the cunnilingus. So I think one of the lines that stood out to me when there was almost just, just a, even a slight shift, you talk about cunnilingus is easier said than done, right? I got cuts to show. And uh, for a moment, I just kind of wanted to ask you, are the cuts, are you talking about emotional cuts or like, again, is it this too much teeth type thing? It wasn't even teeth. <laughs> oh my God. I, it was, teeth would have been a faster cut. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is kind of emotional, isn't it? You're like, I don't know if that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, and some people have sexual experiences bad enough that they don't want to try again. They don't want to try oh, that thing yeah, again. So I'm like, so how sad. emotional, yeah. how, how deep do these cuts yeah. run? Is it like flesh wounds or, or do we got to unpack some shit right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, with this particular poem, I don't really go into the emotional aspect as well, apart from just pure frustration. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> One of the things that I want to mention about you know, I, I say the narrator, which is kind of, it's the narrator, but it's also intrinsically us, mm -hmm. is that it seemed like the narrator wasn't only patient, but she was also instructive and constructive and open to, all right, well, what are you into? Let me, let's talk about this. Let's right. go somewhere. But the partner was a total dumbass, and I made a note of that <laughs> at the end of that, right? <laughs> where despite all of the narrator's best intentions to let me teach you how to do sex, let's talk about what I like, what you might like, you're just not getting it, right? No, not anal, get the fuck out of my bed. Like, <laughs> where's your head at? Why aren't you getting with the program? Right, right. In some ways, is a condensation of some of my worst experiences, and I have dealt with in, in terms of the cunnilingus cut it was somebody who was that stubbornly just like this is what i do i'm gonna do one or a to z as i've done a to z i'm not missing a letter no matter how you want it to be done this is how i'm gonna so it was yeah. very military yeah oh that and that doesn't sound fun at all no which really kind of uh, reminds me of that one line that you wrote that I, I liked a lot too, which is, if you don't get off on her satisfaction, ah, you're missing the point. <laughs> which, you know, kind of goes back to, it's not something you do to your partner, it's you do something with your partner. Yeah, exactly. And And honestly, just to be a little bit candid, if I'm talking about my sexual experiences with my mm -hmm. wife, I want her to get off. I mm -hmm. want her to, to reach climax or feel pleasure, because that way it's... It's fun for the both of us, and mm -hmm. it's it's good for me when she feels good. It's for, good for her when I feel good, and yeah. that makes sex a lot more enticing. Um, when you have somebody kind of doing these things to you or just kind of for you to do you a favor, right. it feels kind of rough. Yeah, I mean, like maybe you make it there, maybe you feel physically good, but there's just not. Yeah. It's like something's missing. You much rather prefer somebody enjoying what they're doing to you than just kind of doing it out of obligation or yeah it's or like what am i doing here or what are you doing here right, right. you could be with some anybody else and i could be with somebody else <laughs> and it's like is it just because we happen to have met and we happen to have said yes to this i mean even, even we get even get to the yes part you know? right so yeah and also just physically Part of the reason why I ended this with go look up the clitoris is that as far as I know, instructionally in public education or in ed the educational system, what the clitoral system looks like, which is like an interior penis and balls. Right, yeah. <laughs> yes, I've seen that. Yeah, it's like I don't know that that's being taught. Mm -hmm. It's been known, the shape, the entire system, what it looks like, has been known since a woman discovered it and traced it for over a hundred years. Yet, we're still, the button is still so popular as yeah. a concept, as if that's the only thing. It's right. like, uh, you know, like an elevator button, if you just push it, it'll come, <laughs> you know? But no. <laughs> What's Please tell me that pun was intentional. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> yes. That was Whoa. so good. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Love 
unintentional puns. Uh, <laughs> I think some poetry happens every day. <laughs> it does. Every day, uh, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Also, to your point about enjoying your partner, to our point about enjoying our partners, and it's not just that we get pleasure out of hearing them feeling pleasure, but also physically, their pleasure brings about more of our pleasure because of how the clitoral system works, because it wraps around your shaft, people, shaft. <laughs> shaft, people, this yeah. is, we're talking about sex here, you got Yeah, it. it's, it's a poetry podcast, double SXS. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like the more you arouse, you make her, the tighter it becomes. So when you're talking about a tight, you know what, it's how you make it tight. Right. People, you have responsibility in the tightness. <laughs> foreplay matters. Yes, this is what we're exactly. saying. Foreplay is important. And Listen I'm, to her and give her what she wants, and and she will deliver it. And contractions, oh my God. <laughs> you, those are the most amazing things. <laughs> Believe me, no hand, no hand will compare. <laughs> Which is good to note, right? Listen, dear partner. I think there there is something to that. Not not only even only just for women, but maybe even for men as well, where that mutual giving of the pleasure just brings more excitement to the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It puts you in that mindset to derive more from it, to get more from yeah, it from yeah. from both parties. But obviously, with women, it's a lot more obvious in the in the physical <laughs> aspect. Well, I feel like I don't know that it's necessarily more complicated with women because most of it is on the inside. Right. But I think more because it's not talked. Right, right. And because it's not visual, you can't really see it. You're like, what the hell? We're just rooting around and they're trying to figure it out. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I kind of feel bad for guys who don't really know and who's inexperienced who are trying women do have to we do have to guide we have to kind of get to know what we want and we have to guide the guys to know but again it kind of goes back to women who have experience are looked upon as some kind of this you know whoring slutty right which is super unfair yeah yeah very unfair because you want a partner with more experience right right right? and then then she could get you to a better experience right Yeah, especially with that mutual growth, and and also there's you gotta like shed some of that embarrassment because I know that even with partners, it's it can still be difficult to ask for what you want. Yes, yes, it's very difficult. I find that because I've done some online dating, I, I find that some guys come to me and some of them are attached. I don't know why they tell me about their lives. <laughs> and, I mean, just like uh, you know, one of those advice columns I end up doing. Like, <laughs> just like. Doing oh, chat rooms or right. triage, triage <laughs> sexual psychiatry sessions mm-hmm. with them. And I'm like, have you done this with your partner? Have you told your partner this is what you like? And I've had guys who told me that they have crushes on their neighbors. I mean, the guy. And when their wow. wives are away, yeah. they come to each other's houses and wow. dilly that dally with <laughs> each other. Dilly that dally. <laughs> I was like, have you never talked with your partners about that you know because this is a very important conversation sexuality i mean depending on who you are as a person Mm -hmm. can be a large part of your life and and it could make or break a relationship that also kind of made me think about your poem one of the nice things about that again pushing that communication is that there's a lot of different like pleasures and desires and maybe fetishes Mm -hmm. that you kind of go through right i mean you start with the menage a trois you talk about the cunnilingus you talk about the snm and even (laughs) even cunnilingus it's not a fetish no it's not it's actually i even made a note to myself oral is just so essential to both sexes isn't it (laughs) yes (laughs) yes but there's the different desires, the different mm-hmm. things that give you pleasure, and there's things that work for you, and then there's things that don't work for you. Like you're really you're willing to work with the S and M, right? I bite my teeth, that works. But then the anal, and it's like get the fuck out of here, man. You you might be missing some of those points here, <laughs> but we gotta talk about where are we at right now. Yeah, and I, I don't want to talk about it as if we're talking about my personal preferences. Right. I, I I wanted the poem to be inclusive of a certain non-missionary no right. vanilla <laughs> yeah, yeah, varieties yes, of yes. sex uh, the kinks as you talked about yeah, yeah. and the fetishes 
And anal could be amazing. Public PSA here. Anal could be amazing, depending on how you're doing it, okay? And you don't need a prostate to enjoy it. You just need <laughs> you, to communicate. You need to communicate. You need to know how to do it. You need to practice. Good Lord. <laughs> practice. It's not something you just like, oh, I'm just going to pop in there. <laughs> you know what I'm feeling like tonight? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, can I you gotta warn somebody, right? Yeah. Yeah, you do. I mean, it's really it's a process. It's warm, you gotta take steps, and it's not depending on your partner. It might or might not be off the table. Again, you need to communicate with them to know whether or not that's something that she or he wants to do. And if one partner that's an important part, and the other partner isn't. No matter how attractive you find them, you have to learn to walk away, man, because <laughs> yeah. it's not going to end well. Yeah, yeah, especially when, when it comes to like that insistency, for sure. One of the things that I really liked about wrapping up your poem was kind of that ambition, right? We're not done yet. There's more that we can do. There's mm-hmm. lines to reach higher, a reason for ambition, aim for multiples, and I'm like, that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, definitely get you somebody that you can work with on that where the orgasm is not the end yeah yeah and both men and women depending again on biology some can continue to go again Mm -hmm. sometimes the rejection period can be very short for the person right so again it's about talking it's about matching it's all about matching and i find that it's really difficult to find if we are not willing to talk about it if we are in a society that dislike the idea of talking about this. it's hard it's hard to be part of that right it, because it, it sexuality is just such a part of us such a yeah, part of us it but it is also something that we learn at least in the western cultures to be embarrassed about from early mm-hmm. that's not something you talk about yeah. it's not something you communicate just hopefully your wedding night you've figured it out who knows how or who knows when or whatever but yeah those things I guess you could have two very intuitive partners and just happen to be some of the best matches in the world you could be that lucky yeah, hey people win the lottery <laughs> so but those are pretty much the odds We're, we are talking about kind of lottery like odds Because if you don't talk about it, you can't possibly get to that point where you grow to... Some people might might not have tried certain things, but if they try it, they might love it. Right. But again, if you don't ask it, if you don't say, hey, is this something... Hopefully not on your wedding night. (laughs) I believe in test driving. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Usually I don't write in haikus. And I actually did this because of a haiku competition at the Phoenix Poetry Slam. Oh, okay. okay. So every year he has a haiku death match. Oh. Yeah, and so I was writing haikus and it kind of inspired me to write haikus, and then I was just writing one haiku at a time, and then I was like, oh, wait, this is kind of a poem, like yeah. a longer poem, a right. haiku poem. <laughs> I loved it. I thought that was a that was a phenomenal way to break it up. Um, there's a couple of little gems also that I want to talk about. There's like this three-group stanza right here that you say, um, into S&M, go ahead, lash my cavern with your stroking tongue. I will bite my lips to withstand the torture, though suckling can soothe. Slower, but don't stop. Let my hips and words guide you to culmination. I thought those three stanzas were just so evocative, and the entire oral seems very erotic. So uh, it is it is kind of like a, a painful but funny shame that the person ends up being such a fail, such a bust. <laughs> There's also the, oh, even, even starting right below, I think I should have started right below, take a dive below, explore all the crevices, prompt inundation. That idea inundation to me sounds so titillating Mm. the idea of being submersed just absolutely covered i feel like has has a really great imagery and connection to it Mm. so that's why i'm like man she worked so hard at being instructive and willing to grow and (laughs) and like she worked so hard at putting her her side of the 
acting and <laughs> and it just doesn't it doesn't pan out <laughs> which also is life you know she yeah yeah sometimes you just you pick the wrong person <laughs> to go down that road with You're like, oh, okay it's, it's a learning boat an experience for both of us yeah <laughs> you know? it's like and that, that's why the title you know is like next next let's Jesus. this did not work let's go on yeah, yeah. and Honestly, it's, you know, female blue balls does happen. I mean, we do technically have internal balls right, yeah, on the yeah. inside, but you don't see them. And they're in pain, <laughs> you know, after all that teasing. Yeah, geez. after all the build-up to, to just... Uh. It's so unhealthy. I remember years ago, there's a study statistic that talk about how sex can be very good, mm-hmm. a de-stressor. Right. more for the men than for the women right and i'm like yeah that's because the women don't necessarily come okay right that's why. <laughs> yeah, i mean you gotta make it to that happy ending to to get the full benefits of it yeah. also you know disclaimer not to say that you can't have pleasant sex without the orgasm you can still yes. have fun but also getting their getting their matters yeah, yeah, you don't necessarily have to come. Again, it depends on biology. There are some, both men and women, who can, at a certain point, they're like, hey, I'm happy. That's it. I don't necessarily need to have the big finish. Right, right, yeah. right. And then, obviously, we keep talking about how the physical matters, even just on an hour-to-hour basis, if you're feeling funky or if you're feeling good, you can arrive right away right. to your destination, right. or you might not arrive at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the, the important thing is that that you're in it, you know. Yeah, that you you do it, you try it, you keep practicing. Practice does make perfect. It was also <laughs> pretty interesting to read this poem from the perspective of a guy. <laughs> in the sense that, all right, where am I going wrong? Like, how can I put this against me and, like, figure out where, where I'm going wrong? Because you have the stanza, if I take pants off, you better be amazing. I mean, no pressure. I felt pressure immediately. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. uh, <laughs> no, that's exactly why I realized when I wrote the first two lines with the haiku, I was like, oh, this is a lot of pressure. And then I went into a joke. Basically, <laughs> to kind of put some detente in it. <laughs> you know? But also there's another line right when you get into the end. You wrote, there's a second act related to intercourse. No, not anal. What? And my first reaction was, dumbass, of course there's, a, there's more to it. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, it, it's cuddles, right? Is it cuddles? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Do I know? Am I a dumbass? <laughs> we never got to intercourse. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. <laughs> they, oh, okay, that makes sense. You didn't even make it to that point. <laughs> no, no, he was just like, um, well, in my mind, anyways, this mm-hmm. particular thing was just like kind of lingers as a gesture. Mm-hmm. Some guys are really not into it. Okay, great. Find a girl who's not into it as well because there are women who don't like finding girls. But <laughs> also, good luck trying to find her because I don't know. Kind of lingers, Felicia. Oral is universal. You know, <laughs> I mean, it came in both of our poems. So. <laughs> it did. It did. Definitely for us, obviously. It's very, very important. <laughs> but I have no women who are like, no. Mm. For whatever reason, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't never got their backstory, but they're like, no, 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 thing. I much rather give. I was like, hey, great, you were, you were a lot of guys for me, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, happy for you. <laughs> so, but, yeah, it, both of ours. And I, I remember when I was reading yours about the teeth, because I, I had a lover who told me about one of his cuts. He was like, oh. I was like, what's that? And he was like, oh, <laughs> let me tell you the story. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I read that to my wife, too, and she, she just laughed, and she said, yeah, well, I mean, all of us had to learn how to use less teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's hard, right, depending on the shape and size. Right, and yeah, yeah, so many variables. <laughs> yes, yes, it's amazing. It's, it's not... Oh, and that reminds me, Mm -hmm. one of the things I wanted to say is that neither of our poems are instructional in terms of where everybody, the more, the most instructional bits of our poems are basically talk with your partner, communicate to figure out what they want. Yeah. Because again, just because what you have done to one girl has rocked her world doesn't mean (laughs) you're going to do the same thing to the next girl and she's like, 
my God, it's not going to be the same. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is different. I mean, and we, we were talking about the clitoris earlier where it's not just the button that you push, right? <laughs> and it's true. Everybody has their own preferences. And I'd encourage any guy out there, especially after reading these poems, learn a little cunnilingus, but also learn that it's different for everybody, yeah, right? Yeah. You read the funniest things online, but they were talking about how when a man's going down on a woman, or I guess when anybody's going down on a woman, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a man going down on her. Um, one of the strategies that you can do is do the alphabet on the clitoris. Oh, yeah. And then figure out which letter is the one that works <laughs> for your partner at the time and then just keep pressing then that repeat, letter. Repeat, repeat, <laughs> repeat. <laughs> Become a calligrapher when you come. <laughs> It's a calligrapher. <laughs> oh, I'm having way too much fun. <laughs> yeah, I knew this would be fun. As well, for penises, guys will like certain things, and depending mm -hmm. on whether or not circumcised stars, makes huge things. differences. Yeah. Yes, and there's things that you need to do, and, and also listen to what. They like and you know make them know that you can't do anything with your teeth. <laughs> there are certain sizes that just yeah. do not fit. <laughs> Unless they're into it, because it takes it takes yes, all kinds. That's true. That's true. Unless <laughs> unless they like permanent tracks, <laughs> then hey, more power to just you. Just some good good burn marks. Oh huh? yeah, it's like, yeah, baby, <laughs> give me more of that grazing. <laughs> You know what? I, I, I hadn't, but I am going to go home and do it because <laughs> it's, it's been something that I've pulled up repeatedly as time has gone just to kind of like, oh, what can I think about it today? Or what can I think about it today? And I blocked out a good hour, I think, also today to just kind of make notes all over it. Mm -hmm. But I think I just, I've been so nervous. I get a lot of anxiety with any sort of performance or anything mm -hmm. like that that I just kind of really forgot to include her in what was going on. <laughs> well, now, post-interviewing. Yeah, post-interviewing. Yeah, now it's sort of like coming once and the second time you can last long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like that. That's the exact thing that popped up to my head, too. Since we're, since we're on the no, subject. Yeah, since we're on the subject. We're just high-fiving all the kids. <laughs> It's true. I, I know she's going to get a kick out of it, though. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, thank you so much. What what else do you write about besides uh, sex? Well, uh, I don't know. That's actually pretty exclusive. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm You're kidding. You're a sex fan. So I mentioned that previously, the previous erotic festival, I had a very different tone to my set because what I had done, this, this is an erotic festival but there had just been a, a shooting in the Miami school mm. shifting topics warning so I'd taken a moment to talk about gun violence at mm. school and stuff like that violence and the idea of love and togetherness is something that I, I try to connect to a lot that was 2017 yeah yeah that was 2017 I'd, I'd, I'd written that for a different school shooting because we get them a lot but Isn't it was just so like, it's horrifying but it, it had just been so recent and so I talked to uh, the person uh, who was organizing that and we're like well let's just frame this as a love letter to your students to mm -hmm. kind of like make this a little bit more thematic yeah. so I, I do try to write a lot about love I think I, I try to write a lot about spirituality I think my, my religious beliefs are just uh, such a strong part of me that it's something that I have to continuously unpack and mm -hmm. re-examine mm -hmm. but beyond that and it's not necessarily poetry I um, this is gonna sound super dumb I think I might lose all my cred right here but it's a good thing it's at the end um, <laughs> I play a ton of Dungeons and Dragons oh, okay. <laughs> um, so as the dungeon master, uh, the person who kind of like is in control of the it's overall so narrative. Yes, so S and M, right? <laughs> we play that kind of fantasy, just my wife and I. That's not with my buddies. <laughs> it's a collaborative storytelling mm -hmm. game, and so there's a lot of preparation, a lot of writing that goes into 
writing kind of a fantasy beforehand. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's a really fascinating just kind of experience in collaborative storytelling. The one person in charge sets up a situation and everybody else has to react. Okay. Uh, and so together you kind of write something. Right, right. Uh, Ashamed to say that, I guess I kind of have to make that gaming excuse. I, I don't write as, me, as much as I'd like to. We touched on it a little bit, but I get such bad anxiety when it comes to writing. Um, I read a, a study, I read this um, maybe about three years ago, when it comes to your placement as far as when you were born, if you're an only child, oldest child, middle child, youngest child. Mm-hmm. I'm an only child, so mm-hmm. a lot of the times with only children, there's this like expectation of perfection. Right. right, and if a lot of the times, since we want to do everything perfect, right. we just won't end up doing it mm-hmm. because we're, we're yeah, yeah. All the attention is going to focus on you. Yeah. you're their hope. <laughs> yeah, only hope. Yeah, only hope. <laughs> but things like this, the festival, the the Howen House, the erotic festival, are things that I try to push myself into, mm-hmm. try to commit to, mm. to beat that anxiety or to do something in spite of the anxiety. That's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because if you like writing, it's a shame to lose it because of the impropriety. Yeah. Changes, and it's good to challenge yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, for sure. That's so cool. <laughs> well, where can we find your writing, or where can we um, listen to you read? Do you go to open mics regularly? So I think there's a local zine called the Rinky Dean Press, and it's... Uh, run by uh, somebody that you've mentioned before, Rosemary Dombrowski. She's the poet laureate here. Okay. A lot of the times, whatever event she's doing, I try to attach myself to that as okay. well. So whenever you're listening to Poets and Muses, listener, whenever you hear Rosemary Dombrowski come up, I might be there as well. Okay. As for having some stuff online that people can access, I do have a website under construction that should be up soon. It's uh, some dumb punk at WordPress dot wordpress.com cool but i don't want to disappoint anybody to who listens to this and wants to go oh, there right away because it's kind him. of <laughs> it's not there yet it's it's not there yet but go and sure. watch the counter <laughs> you should put a counter in like it's gonna be up in two thousand two million something something seconds just to get people to have to do some math yeah do it <laughs> We're here to stretch your brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you are a teacher after all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just inescapable. It's part of me at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. However, however you do it, you know, you got to get them to learn. If somebody's interested in reaching out, they can reach out to me via Twitter at Eddie something. Oh, okay. Eddie so, something. Eddie something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We need to connect. I'm on Twitter. Oh, we yeah, can, definitely. We yeah, we definitely yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I rant a lot more on Twitter than I do on Instagram because... Phenomenal. I'd, I'd like to see it. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm really more of a, of a spectator when it comes to social media. <laughs> yeah, once in a while, I just do a little small rant. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. You yeah. sometimes need it, you know, just get it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get it out of the space. Exactly. So cool, cool. So you got Twitter and you got website and then you're going to most likely rosemary's and the next one coming up i think is what was it fourth friday that she does first friday she does first friday Friday. uh down at roosevelt um she's got the so she's got um these microzines called the rinky dink press it's just poems that fit in your pocket right little poems that are between 25 to 35 words in length is kind of like where oh, we're nice. set. And I was picked up for the first season of the Rinky Dink. I was nice. part of the, the first wave of publishing there too. Got a little collection of poems called Caramel Coated Grace, um, but I'm under the pseudonym of E.A. Lara in those. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to send me links to all of these. Definitely will. Yeah, Definitely please. will. Please. I just randomly met her at First Friday. I'm oh, like, wow. Hey, wow. Hey, even. Can I speak? Yeah. And she let yeah. me on. She let me on. Cool. She's super cool. Yeah, She's super yeah, cool. Yeah. She was my professor at ASU. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. And that's how I got involved with her. I took, uh, I think there was a, it was a short fiction class and a, and a feminist literature class. Oh, cool. She was just super amazing. Yeah. And yeah. as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, and she's quite the fashionista too. So. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if you knew this, but she she used to teach a Lady Gaga class at ASU. What? Yeah, and if you do enough digging online, sorry, Dombrowski, you can find <laughs> her in a couple of Lady Gaga outfits as well. Whoa! Yeah, we need to talk more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she had missed this Macy's fashion event, and she was telling me how much she wanted to go to that. And now I know why. Very fashionable. Yeah, yeah, yeah very awesome. fashionable. Yeah, you should have seen her outfit at the <laughs> Alvin House. It was very nice. The, oh, yeah. the vintage was very... Under the giant clitoris, right? Yeah, yeah. under <laughs> the giant clitoris. Which was great. Yeah. 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 It was awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate laughing it up with you and talking about sex (laughs) which we really need to likewise honestly i had been looking forward to it so much i had so much fun being here thank you so much for inviting me thank you cool rosemary's phoenix poetry series usually taking place at fillmore coffee house is currently taking a hiatus during the summer but it should be back during the fall and i will be announcing it when it starts up again In the meantime, you can definitely check out her first Friday on Roosevelt Road coming up on this Friday, July 5th. And that concludes the June 30th episode of Poets and Muses. As always, you can follow us on poetsandmuses.com as well as on SoundCloud, Instagram, and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter at the bottom of our poetsandmuses.com website or at the upper right-hand side of our Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. I'm your host, Imogen Arate. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to bringing you another episode next Sunday.